The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed here on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm always, I feel very privileged to be with all of you. Thank you, everyone, for supporting me so much. I have noticed how much our Facebook numbers have climbed, and I know that's because all of you have been so supportive in giving me your thumbs up. It tells me that you're not only listening, but you're watching what's on my Facebook, and there really is some really cool information there. So thank you very much for that and for all the positive reinforcement. As you might imagine, it's not always easy to do what we do in life, whether it's be a radio show host or be a mom, but it's really, really nice when you have positive feedback. And for those of you who might not have quite gotten that far, uh, please do go to our Facebook page and uh, give me that thumbs up if you feel so inclined. Alrighty, well, today I'd like to talk with you about engorgement. People seem to get really confused about engorgement. I say people, I mean both professional people as well as parent-type people. People don't always understand what it is, how you get it, how you get out of it, uh, whatever the issues are. Now, I'd like to give you a little heads up here because most of you are thinking to yourselves, oh, Marie, I've got it. I'm already listening to this program. How do I fix it? Mm, Well, not quite so fast. According to the American, excuse me, according to the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine, there is no one exclusive course of treatment or any standard medical care for the treatment of engorgement. So even among professionals, as many of you know, I teach many courses to professionals throughout the U.S., on-site as well as online, and I will tell you that I've had people who have been certified for 5, 10, 20, 30 years, and some of them don't agree about what is the, quote, best treatment either. So there's really a lot of stuff going on here. I I think what I'd really like to help you to do here is to understand why it happens, a little bit about prevention, and a whole bunch of strategies that may be helpful, uh, as well as some things that are actually not helpful. Thank you very much. And I'm, I'm hoping that then you can kind of figure this out for yourself. So <clears throat> let's start from the beginning, which is 
What exactly is engorgement? It's really important for you to understand that a lot of times people think of engorgement as a bad thing. Engorgement is not, repeat, not a bad thing. Engorgement is actually a good thing if it is physiologic and normal. What do I mean by that? I mean that if you have had your baby today and two days from now you feel your breasts very full, guess what they're full of? They're full of milk. This is a really good thing. But also there is some sort of generalized swelling. And I guess I would caution you to say that it is normal. But whenever I have had clients in the hospital, I always try to make sure that before they go out the door, I say to them, remember, several days from now, you will not feel like you've got that, you know, chest as as big as the jolly green giant on the front of you here. And that doesn't mean the milk has gone away. It probably just means that some of that swelling has gone away. So, Remember, engorgement is actually a good thing. And by the way, if I were your nurse, I probably would not have called it engorgement. I probably would have just called it, I see your breasts are filling, your breasts seem full. How does this feel to you? Does it seem like it's full? That sort of thing. Because I I really like to get the emphasis here on the idea that when the milk does quote, come in, I know some people really don't like that term, but I don't think there's a better one for it right at the moment. So that is a good thing. Where I think people get confused is with what I would call pathologic engorgement. I have seen these women many, many times. I hope you're not one of them. But by that, I mean that the both breasts are very hard, hot, usually very taut, very standing at attention. Usually what you'll see then is that your nipples become very, very short. You might not even be able to see your nipples. The baby might not be able to grasp, etc. If you're, and, and by the way, most people here will tell me, I feel like I have two basketballs on the front of my chest. I feel like I have two concrete blocks on the front of my chest. If you're feeling like that, you probably have pathologic engorgement. And I'll talk a little bit about how to prevent that if you don't have it. Now, one of the things that you should be wondering is, Marie, wait a minute. I'm like four or five months postpartum, and I think I've got some engorgement today. That is entirely possible. It is entirely possible. I would probably say that most of the time, when we talk about engorgement, it's generally those first few days when the milk really comes in, it comes in for some women with this big swoosh. Other women, you never get the swoosh. It just comes in more gradually, and that's okay too. But if you find yourself with those two concrete blocks on the front of your chest, that's probably not very normal. And it usually happens because you did not feed the baby early and often. If you've been listening to this show for any length of time, you know that I've said, one of these days I'm going to die, and on my tombstone there will be a note that says, here lies a woman who says, feed the baby early and often. Because honestly, feeding early and often will prevent the pathologic engorgement as well as a host of other issues. So definitely 
I'm sticking with my guns here on early and often. Now, can it happen other times? Um, yeah, actually, there's at least one uh, story on the books of a woman who had engorgement prenatally. She was being treated with magnesium sulfate. Now, I think that's extremely unusual, but it, it certainly can happen. But that marked fullness, that congestion that's associated with the hormones in response to the birth process, usually that happens like in the three-day neighborhood. For some people, two days. For some people, four days. But I would say most people, it's three to four days. Some people, six days. And it might not resolve as quickly as you would like. Some people, it will resolve within a couple of days. Other people, it may take a week. It's really hard to say. So, That leads to another question, which is, does it matter if it's my first baby, my second baby, or my fifth baby? I don't know that I've ever seen any good science on that, but I will tell you that in my observation of many, many hundreds of women, I would say that it tends to, the the breasts filling up tends to happen a little bit more quickly, maybe a day or so earlier with women who have had two babies or three babies or more babies, as opposed to the woman who's having her first baby. So that's entirely thinkable. I would also say that you can have a later onset of this breasts filling if you have a lot of stress during labor and delivery. Definitely it can happen if you did not remove milk from your breast early in the game. All righty. I'm thinking of one woman who, I can't remember why her babies went to the NICU, but they did. It, it was a twin delivery. Nobody had given her a pump. She had not expressed any milk from her breasts, nor had the babies been to breast in the first four days. She did not become engorged. It was her, her first baby, or should I say babies? She did not become engorged on that fourth day. Now, when she did become engorged, it was really something else again. But I guess what I'm saying is there are a lot of factors here that can figure in. So let's talk a little bit about that congestion and distension that results. I think the first thing that you will see is that increased milk volume and increased what we call interstitial fluid. And if that seems like a big word, you've probably heard it referred to sometimes as third spacing. And then the next thing that happens in the process is this increased blood flow, more congestion of the blood, an increase in lymphatic fluid, and then there becomes sort of a generalized swelling throughout the breast and the surrounding lymphatic drainage sites. And then you really have a lot more of what you'll see as this sort of congestion and distension. So that's the sequence of events. I would say that fluid edema, that is just water weight, if you will, that is in your breast could be the result of having a lot of IV fluid. Now, if you had an epidural or if you're planning on having an epidural, you should know that you will be accumulating some fluid 
very likely in your fingers or your toes or perhaps other places. Certainly fingers and toes, it happens frequently. But you can accumulate some of that fluid in your breast as well, and it does not have anything to do with breastfeeding. It's just, it's extra fluid, and your body is kind of saying, whoa, what is this? And so it just finds a place to store it until eventually it just sort of goes away. So those are the kinds of things that I think you should concern yourself with, with recognizing it, knowing when it comes, when it goes, what it's going to be like, and the fact that for a lot of people, it's just not always exactly the same as it is for somebody else. And and it's not necessarily the same with this baby as it was with your last baby. So any of those kinds of things are all a bunch of variables, and you just got to kind of realize that. Before we go much further today, I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors. I'd like to especially thank Nuru, and that is N-U-R-O-O-Baby.com, N-U-R-O-O-B-A-B-Y.com. Safe Kangaroo in your unit, full coverage and mobility so that you can spend more time skin to skin. It is now available and, in fact, free shipping if you order $75 or more. I would also like to encourage you to visit our other friends at New Angel, and that is N-U-A-N-G-E-L dot com, N-U-A-N-G-E-L dot com. Made by mothers for mothers. Check out what they have. Bibs, bra extenders, burp pads, changing pads, diapers and wipes, fabrics, gift sets, hand and shoulder totes, nursing covers, nursing blankets, nursing pads, which, by the way, she now has some that are 100% cotton, which I think are terrific. Any of those things might interest you, so please take a look. If I didn't think that those were good things, I wouldn't be talking about them. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this short break. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you, too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that, too, through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuso? 
Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. New Angel manufactures environmentally friendly and hypoallergenic cotton products for breastfeeding mothers and their new angels. Feel the difference. Soft, absorbent, and breathable. Patented, patent-pending, and award-winning products designed by a certified lactation consultant. Look for New Angel biodegradable, disposable, and cotton washable nursing pads, natural cotton products, and other unique items. Made by mothers for mothers in the USA. By N-U-A-N-G-E-L for your new angel at www.newangel.com and www.amazon.com. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. Thank you so much for being with me today. And every day, I always look forward to doing this program, and today I'm talking about engorgement. Alrighty, so I talked a little bit about the idea that physiologic engorgement is really, a better word for it probably is fullness. You will have some discomfort, but I'd like you to think about what you would describe it as. The fullness in your breast should feel, if you put your fingers on your breast, it should feel a little bit like the tip of your nose. If it feels like the tip of your nose, no harder than that, that's really good, okay? Now, if it feels like when you poke yourself on the chin, uh, that's a little fuller than I would like you to be. And finally, if it feels like your forehead feels rock hard, Okay, feel of, feel of your nose right now, and now feel of your chin, and now feel of your forehead. Can you see how those feel very different? All right, so we're really going for engorgement that feels kind of like the tip of your nose, chin, a little bit too much so, forehead, definitely too much. Okay, so generally, I think you'll find that it, the discomfort is confined to the breast itself. It usually doesn't go upwards into that little spot there, sort of close to your underarm, but not quite, called tail of Spence. Sometimes if you have some mastitic tissue in your underarm, and I mean the part where you shave your arms in the morning, some people can have a little bit of mastitic tissue in there. It's not a lot of people, but some do. And if so, you might find that that also becomes engorged. Or I suppose it could be anywhere, but that's certainly a place that's uh, somebody listening has probably got that for sure. All righty. Because there's no nipple associated with it, and therefore there's no place for the milk to drain. So 
this can be really uncomfortable. So let's talk a little bit about then pathologic engorgement. This results when that breast fullness is not relieved. What happens is that the breast is overfilled with milk, not just filled with milk, but overfilled with milk. It certainly can occur anytime during lactation. Four days, four weeks, four months, it doesn't matter. It certainly can happen anytime. But generally, it will happen in the places where the mastitic tissue exists and it could be outside of the breast area, if you've got mastitic tissue there, you will certainly notice that it's hard like your forehead. All righty, so what are some risk factors? Well, I would say the first one is women who are having their first baby. I honestly don't know if that is, you know, like just plain old everyday physiology or if it's because mothers who are having their first babies sometimes don't nurse as frequently as they should. So that's part of it. It doesn't really matter. The way to get around that is, in other words, the rationale doesn't matter. What matters is feed the baby early and often. Some events of labor and delivery, very prolonged labor, stress to the mother during the labor and delivery, or mothers who are ill, or even sometimes you'll see mothers who have had cesarean births. And why is that so? Well, again, there have been a lot of studies done on that, but I would say, having worked in a hospital for many, many years, I will tell you that sometimes the mother who has had the cesarean does not have the opportunity to be with her baby early and often, or she's too tired to get with her baby early and often. And so that can kind of set you up for this pathologic engorgement. I want to give a word about pacifiers. Actually, there is no research to link the pathologic engorgement and the pacifiers. But I think there's really good research that links delayed feedings or skipped feedings. And basically, when you put that pacifier in your baby's mouth, you need to realize that that is one of the possible problems. It may well be that you are delaying a feeding or skipping a feeding. And if so, not good. Now, another one would be any time that you have a baby who does not remove the milk effectively. And what do I mean by that? Well, it means that somehow the baby is at the breast, but he's not actually getting milk into his mouth and swallowing it on down. So that might, for example, be a baby who's a sleepy baby. It might be a baby who was born before term. And by the way, those premature babies are sometimes also sleepy babies, and sleepy babies are sometimes premature babies. Uh, Anything that might be a situation where your baby has some sort of issue, it might, for instance, be that he has, I hate to use this because now you're going to get me off on this tangent, but uh, something like a a tongue tie. Any of those kinds of things could contribute to why the baby is not emptying the breast. You know, of course, the breast is never truly empty, but meaning it, it the milk has been removed. Now, over-distension is one of the big, big things that I usually preach about. Over-distension of the breast. How does that happen? Well, it's because feedings are late and seldom rather than, guess what, early and often. So moral of the story is don't skip the feedings, don't skip the pumpings. 
mothers who have twins or triplets or multiple gestation of some kind, how so? Well, partly because sometimes those babies are a little before term, they're a little weak, they're a little sleepy, all of that. But also because in theory, what you've got is two babies at the breast and therefore you're getting more stimulation to the breast. If you get more stimulation to the breast, you get more milk in the breast. So therefore you've got some over distension. So I'm not saying it will happen to you. I'm saying that's a possibility. And what do you do? Feed the baby early and often, early and often, early and often. I've seen, by the way, some people who say, are you kidding me? I'm not going to breastfeed anymore. I'm already engorged. And all that's going to do is make more milk. Well, not really. You've really got to get rid of that milk. And where you're putting it, of course, is in a good place, hopefully in the baby's tummy, all right? Because otherwise, you'll get a backup of the milk. And that is not a good thing. You're definitely going to have engorgement that's not good. Okay, it may be that you've got a baby who doesn't suck very well. We've talked about maybe the preterm or sleepy baby. And also, another possibility of when you get this pathologic engorgement is if you suddenly have a baby who maybe gets very sick, maybe goes to the hospital, maybe some other issue where all of a sudden there is an abrupt separation of the mother and the baby. If you do not have your baby near you and suckling well, guess what? You're going to be a setup for having some sort of engorgement. All right, so let me give you kind of this cycle of things that I've seen over the years. And I do, by the way, I think of this as being a cycle. Mother has engorgement, maybe even pathologic engorgement. Her nipples become shorter. The shorter her nipples are, the more difficult it is for the baby to grasp the nipple. And then the more difficult it is for him to latch, then the more she's got milk staying in the breast. And then you've got some what I would call nipple trauma. You might call it sore nipples, whatever. But I think you know where I'm going with this. All righty. You've got a sore nipple that might be a cracked nipple or heaven only knows what else. But this then will go right around to engorgement, shortened nipples, difficult latch, the whole shebang all over again. So it's really a cycle. And it's very, very important to break that cycle. All righty. Now, there's probably somebody out there who says, is she ever going to talk about augmentation surgery or implants? Uh, Sure. Let me just start out by saying that in one case report, the mother described very painful, massive engorgement of both breasts during the last month of pregnancy and the inability to breastfeed after delivery. You know, I say about things like that, I don't think it happens very often, but if it's you that it happens, you're probably not a real happy camper. So keep that in mind. I think that I've probably described some of this pathologic engorgement, but let me just pull it together by saying there's an overall enlargement. The shape of the breast becomes somewhat different. Breasts seem like a funny shape. Maybe they are. 
sometimes you'll see that one is bigger, substantially bigger than the other. That's because you've got a baby who's suckling well on one side, but the other. If it's hard, like your forehead, not good. And with that will be painful breasts. And I also forgot to mention, very often the skin will be very shiny, very taut. You might see some discoloration, red or red streaky, and you're probably going to have some difficulty getting that milk to flow. I mentioned, of course, flattening of the nipples, the firmness or hardness of the dark part of your nipple, and increased in for the sore nipples. Now, when we come back, I'm going to be talking to you about a cascade of events that occur and some ways to help yourself. I'm Marie Don't go away. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuso? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. The new Pocket is a newborn carrier specifically designed for skin-to-skin contact, affording mom full coverage and hands-free mobility while giving and receiving all the physiological benefits of kangaroo care. Our unique fabric is super soft, breathable, moisture-wicking, and it offers just the right amount of compression fit to ensure proper position and continued support. Hospitals and NICUs are implementing the new Roo Pocket for inpatient use to increase time spent skin-to-skin, as well as help improve breastfeeding scores and infant safety. Learn more at NewRooBaby.com. That's N-U-R-O-O-Baby.com. Steps to a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. 
That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto with Born to be Breastfed. Thank you so much for joining me today. Before we were talking about engorgement on the last segment, I talked about these things that happen, and I'd like to just summarize this cascade of events leading to problems. Nipple or areola distortion and firmness, an inadequate grasp of the nipple, decreased effectiveness of milk removal, maternal pain, increased pressure, and the uh, difficulties that go with that. If the engorgement is not resolved, you will get yourself at least an insufficient milk supply and maybe worse. But resolution cannot happen until the milk is removed. So the first thing is make sure that you do good prevention strategies. Breastfeed the baby early and often, ideally within the first 30 minutes after birth, certainly within the first hour, and then feed the baby Many times during those first few days, you know, most people say about 8 to 12 times a day, and identify and correct any feeding problems that impede milk transfer. And if you don't know enough to solve that yourself, make sure that you get some professional help. All righty. So this brings me then to what I said I was going to talk about, which is treatments. And I will reiterate what I said at the top of the hour, which is there's just no, like, one best strategy. Some of these strategies that I'm going to talk to you about have good scientific evidence. Some, eh, not so much so. Some have been used successfully for years or, or decades, maybe, by experts, myself included, and they're often effective. They just maybe never got studied. Some may not have evidence, but there's also no evidence of harm. So in those cases, I say, eh, it's worth a try. All right, you know the first thing I'm going to say is frequent breastfeeding. Remove the milk. Number two, hand expression prior to breastfeeding. And what do I mean by that? I mean, if you've got those nipples that are kind of hard, kind of short, it's going to be hard for the baby to grasp. So you can just take your fingers, your hands, do a little bit of hand expression, which, by the way, this is another whole show. But you can't just squeeze on the nipple because that won't work. You have to get behind the nipple. And what I usually tell mothers is just hand express enough milk to soften the nipple and the areola just before the baby latches on. I usually tell mothers no more than about a half an ounce. If you've ever seen a medicine cup, that's one ounce, so half of that amount. We're only talking about a couple of tablespoons here. And for the woman who is severely pathologic engorgement, if that's you, just remember that putting the pump on might get the milk out, but many, many, many women have told me now that they consider that to be too painful. Why so? Well, because the pump just exerts pressure that's called negative pressure. It's getting the milk out only by negative pressure. And as I tell people, remember, that is like putting a vacuum cleaner 
on your breast. How good does that sound? Doesn't sound so good. It doesn't feel so good either. So I'm not big on that. I would much rather that you use your hands or something else. Uh, here's my favorite remedy. I think that it works pretty well. It You don't have to learn anything or do anything. Just get in the shower. Run the water on your back, not your front, okay? Run the water on your back and just bend forward. What you will probably see is that the warmth of the shower and the nice hot steam will help those uh, ducts to open up. And when you lean forward, you're getting gravity to help the milk to come down. And you may find yourself with some milk just floating down into the drain in the shower. And you're going to say, oh, Marie, I'm wasting the milk. Uh Don't worry so much about that because you're going to waste a lot worse than that if you don't get this milk out. So there's more where that came from. Do not panic. It's okay. But I think you will find that that will give you some almost instant relief. You don't have to learn how to do it. But just remember, don't put the shower on the front of you because if you do, then you are stimulating the breast even more. And you don't really want to do that right now. Okay? Now, another thing that you can do is to massage your breasts both before and during the feedings, and that will help you to move out the milk. Generally, you're going to feel probably more relaxed. You can probably focus a little better. You don't really need to do anything special here. Uh, If I were there, I would probably help you to do a technique that's maybe better than you could figure out by yourself. But honestly, I don't think it makes a whole lot of difference. Just do it. Just just. Put your hands on there and just pretend like you're giving yourself a back rub or giving somebody else a back rub. Some people really find that soft music while massaging is helpful. And certainly if you've ever had a body massage, like a Swedish massage or something, you know that the massage therapist almost always will play the soft music in the background. It does help you to focus, helps you to think about just letting that milk to flow because relaxation is a big part of this. Now, somebody's going to say, what about putting a breast shield on because the baby is having trouble grasping the breast? Well, if you've been watching this or listening to this show for very long, you probably know I'm not a big fan of shields, but I guess that's okay. Some people would say that they do it and they worked, they work and they like it. And if so, that's fine. Uh, Using the shield certainly can help the baby to attach to a very flat, hard nipple. So it can be helpful. But I would suggest that you take it off within, I don't know, a few minutes. To me, this would not be my first strategy. I would really much rather try to get some of that milk out so that that nipple and areola became less hard. All right. In the lactation community, there is this always this giant argument about is it hot or is it cold? Is it hot or is it cold? Is it hot or is it cold? And I have one friend that I think is a real expert, and she says ice only. Well, I don't really agree with that. I think that ice is helpful, but I don't think that ice only is helpful. 
I think that ice works really well between feedings and for comfort. If you're going to do that, I would suggest that you put the ice pack in, I don't know, a towel or a washcloth or something or other so that you're not getting frostbite on your skin, all righty? And you would be surprised how in the beginning you might not really feel it, but it gets colder fast. So be careful with that. And I would say, just make sure that you've got some sort of fabric or towel or something in between. Now, my good friend, Debbie Bokar, whom I know you've heard me mention on this show many, many times, she always suggests doing cold compresses for three to 10 minutes prior to putting on the pump when you are engorged. And she says that that would be helpful. I really respect her a lot. And so I want to give her credit for that idea and say, if it works for you, go for it. But I'm not as keen on that. I would say that what I would be more likely to do would be to put the warmth on first. And I would also say that sometimes you end up doing the warmth and then you end up doing the cool and neither one of them is really helping and you may find that you need to alternate. So let me talk for a moment then about heat or warm packs. Okay. If you're going to do that, that's all well and good. But remember what I said a few minutes ago. Make sure that you have some sort of cloth, pillowcase, towel, whatever in between. And a pillowcase probably would not be enough unless it's fairly thick or unless you kind of roll it over, which you certainly could. Uh, What happens here is that if you're going to use the warm compresses immediately before the baby latches on or immediately before you go to the pump, only like two minutes maybe, maybe three. But don't just put it on and leave it on. That is not going to be helpful. I like to use a warm, moist cloth. Some people don't think that that helps anymore. I don't know. We don't have any science on it, so I would say whatever. Some women will like to immerse their breasts and their nipples into a warm bowl of water. Again, I want to caution you. Make sure that you test that like on the inside of your elbow, like you would for bath water or something, because you don't want to burn your skin. So be very, very careful with that. I'm not there to walk you through it. So I want to make sure that you're okay. and and then, by the way, if you do that, what you'll see is that some of the milk will just go right into the bowl. And that's okay, too. I've also heard some people say that they use some salt into the water and the salt kind of helps to draw the milk out. I don't know. There's no science for that either. I mention it, but it's certainly a possibility. In any event, heat I would leave on no more than maybe two or three minutes. Ice, I would say people can have as often as they wish, as often as they wish. There have been a number of other things that have been used. I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing this correctly, but it's called gusha therapy. And there is some information in the scientific world that shows that that has been uh, more effective than warm compresses, more effective than massage, 
But then I would also say I doubted that study because I noticed that the warm compresses were left in place for 20 minutes, and I think that's a not good thing. Uh, not good at all, actually. So be open to some different methods. I would like to caution that uh, these things are not well studied, but they're definitely possibilities. Another possibility is acupuncture, cabbage leaves, and those are possibilities as well. When we come back from the break, I can talk a little bit more about that. I'm Marie Biancuso. Thank you so much for joining me. We'll be right back after this short break. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuso? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash gooddonor. A healthy dialogue for your lifestyle. Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. 
Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Born to be Breastfed. I'm your host, Marie Biancuto. I'm talking with you today about engorgement, hoping that maybe you've resolved yours by now. But if not, if you're still out there and feeling like you really need some answers, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully I'm helping. <laughs> Probably many of you have heard about putting cabbage leaves on your breasts. Uh, some people will say there is no research behind this. I would say there is some research behind this. I'm aware of at least three studies that I can think of off the bat. I have read those studies over and over, and I don't mean just the abstract and the conclusions. I've read the actual studies from front to back several times. I would not say that these are excellent or strong studies or that this constitutes strong evidence, but there is some evidence. And I would also say that when we start looking at things that are plant-based, one of the things we need to realize is that other cultures have used plant-based products for I don't know, probably centuries already. I'm thinking of somebody like my mother who grew up in Italy. They Everybody knew that aloe was something that you put on a burn, all righty? In other countries other than the U.S., there are places where people just know that putting cabbage on an engorged breast is helpful. It's sort of like you and I know that prunes is helpful for constipation. We don't have any science for it. We just know it works. Um, you can use them either chilled or at warm te- room temperature. It doesn't really make a whole lot of difference. I usually tell people to chill them because they feel a little bit better. And also because once the chill, once they're no longer feeling chilly, that's about the time you should be taking them off. Be sure you wash them. This is a big, big point because the dirt that is on the plant can creep into your uh, nipple pores and creep into the internal part of your breast and you could get yourself an infection. So that's by way of saying don't go there. Uh, You can use one, you can use more. I would suggest that you kind of mold or shape them or fold them. Some people say to avoid the nipples, which is what I usually say. But honestly, we don't really have any good science for that. I just always want to err on the side of being cautious. Now, if you have got engorgement in one particular spot, like let's say that you've got this mastitic in your underarms. Most people don't have that, but if you do, you could put the cabbage just in the underarm area and see if that would give you some relief there. Some people break the veins of the cabbage. Other people don't. I would say they fit better when the veins are broken. You can kind of mold them a little bit better. Now, how you're going to use these really depends on what your story is. Do you plan to continue breastfeeding or are you really looking to stop lactating? What is the purpose? Alrighty. So let's say that you plan to continue breastfeeding. You're just trying to get over this little hurdle right now. Then I would say leave the cabbage on for no longer than 20 minutes. Or the other way is leave them on no longer than once the chill, once they're no longer chilly, when they start to seem like they're about room temperature, take them off. Alrighty? Uh, You can repeat maybe about three times in a 24-hour period 
No more. No more. Now, if, on the other hand, you say, look it, I am done with this whole lactation bit. I am done here. Well, then you could also use this treatment and then the amount of time that it uh, that you're leaving it on is probably less important. There are some people that can literally dry up uh, when they use the, the, the leaves for a longer period. But honestly, that's up to you. I want to say we don't really have a lot of good literature on that. Uh, there are some downsides to using the cabbage. They look kind of funny. They could stain your bra. They definitely make you smell like a garden. Some people don't like that. And despite any the re- repeated attempts, I have not been able to find any real studies to support the idea that cabbage, if you're allergic to sulfur, sulfur, you'll be allergic to cabbage. I've just never seen that. Uh, there's a lot of people in the lactation world that think that, but I really can't find any evidence of that whatsoever. All right. So do they work? Well, I guess it depends on who you ask. Some mothers really think that the benefit of placing the cool cabbage leaves around their breast is good. Some people have said that they perceive a reduction in engorgement. The chilled or the room temperature were considered, quote, soothing. Cabbage leaf extract and placebo cream were perceived by 39 participants in one study to be equal in relieving engorgement discomfort. Frequent feeding is more effective than applications of cream. Uh, There is no research that I know of, but if you leave the cabbage on too long, I have heard reports that it actually dries up your milk. And there have been several studies that have addressed cabbage extract. So I want to reiterate what I just said, which is the evidence here I don't think is real high-level evidence. So I want you to take what I've said with a little bit of caution. What you do is really up to you. I'm just giving you the information. I do want to tell you, though, that if you don't resolve your engorgement, you may find yourself with a plugged duct. You may find yourself with mastitis. You could even find yourself with an abscess. Now, hopefully, you can get the engorgement resolved, so hopefully that will never happen to you. Oh, woo, I certainly hope that's the case. That's about all that I have to say today as related to engorgement. I hope that this has been helpful, and by the way, For any of you who are looking for more information about how to deal with this because maybe you're a professional, I do give courses. I will be giving several in the spring and in the fall. By all means, give my office a call. But that's about all the time we have today. I would like to thank New Rue and also New Angel. And I'd especially like to thank all of you for listening to Born to be Breastfed. And I'd like you to all come back next week, if you would, please. Remember that you can catch this show live or you can get it as the archive. You can also subscribe to the show so that you can have an immediate download every week. 
Please visit my website. If you're a parent, please visit me at borntobebreastfed.com for a preview of what's coming up. If you're a professional and you're interested in continuing education or my courses, please remember that I'm your source for evidence-based practice and education on the web and sometimes in your city. There, you should be visiting me at breastfeedingoutlook.com. That's breastfeedingoutlook.com. If you are a professional and you would like to be on our payment plan, please give my office a call at 703-787-9894. Or maybe you'd like to join one of our free webinars for professionals. Those are free. We offer them about once, sometimes twice a month. And you're welcome to join up for those. We also have a ton of stuff that is on our Breastfeeding Outlook Facebook page, as well as on our uh, Born to be Breastfed page, a uh, Facebook page, excuse me. I'm Marie Biancuto. I promise I'll help you to cut through the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding next Monday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuzo next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby.